0: There's been a couple scoops recently on the Twitter, on the twits, on the on the blue Bird. and there's been people saying that Toho's sneakily hiring extras for potentially another Godzilla movie. Ooh, I, I I saw this, if I recall correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, they sent out like a secret a secret form on one of their Japan exclusive apps. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's like a Godzilla app. Made by Toho, only available in Japan, and it put out like a casting call on it for people to appear in a new kaiju movie. And it, it sounds good, right? I don't know if it's set in like the current Toho, uh, what's it called, the Godzilla multiverse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> with, the, with the newer movies like Kong. Oh, the Monsterverse. The no, Monsterverse. I don't think so. So it's not part of that? No, I think it says something like set in 1950 or 1960 yeah. something. R- regardless, it's like going back to form. Back in like an, a more older like version of Godzilla. Going back and filling in spaces between movies that we've already seen, already had. What do you mean between spaces? Like, let's say Mothra versus Godzilla we just watched. Yeah. And after this, our next episode, spoiler alert for next week, is going to be Jadora the Three-Headed Monster. Oh, and Mothra comes back for that? Mothra comes back. So, so, you're, t- so you're telling me this movie is going to have Godzilla... And Mothra are going on a super secret mission together. Well, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be cool if they the start like, yeah, no. Go, go back, back to costumes, cool. go back to all the old school special effects and stuff. Oh my gosh, if they go back to costumes. Actually, no, because they, this isn't the new one with Geigen in. No, there's like an official fan film with Gigan coming out soon. <laughs> there's a lot of Godzilla news. Man. Gigan, I'm sure I'll talk about it later when Gigan comes in. He was always my favorite Godzilla monster. Even though I don't think I ever saw a movie with him in. (laughs) Do you even know like what he is or where he comes from? Doesn't he come from like a hardware machinery monstrosity (laughs) accident and he gets like a saw blade stuck in his chest? Uh, You're not far off. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? To be honest, I can't even really remember. All I know is that he looks like a pterodactyl and has a saw blade. That's the only reason I liked him because he was green and he had a saw blade. Yeah, he does look pretty is badass he a, is he a robot he is an Android. i never knew that there you go but yeah we got like gvg is what the fan film's called godzilla versus guy <laughs> and then we got whatever this secret hey, toho project hey, hey, hey. is then we've got the monster series hey even if we can't get secret cameo roles in this back to form godzilla movie the least we could do is try get some cameo roles in gvg <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what i can do i'll reach out to the gvg team we'll see if we can <laughs> hey us us famous host at podzilla <laughs> i'm i'm insulted we didn't get a casting call sent out to us oh. what is toho come on i know i sent in so many forms asking to play as gigan in the suit <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and i know you wanted to be godzilla too <laughs> yeah yeah could it be nice? us? <laughs> big 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 episode tonight ladies oh and gents gosh degora oh. ever heard of it bigger name than godzilla right we should have called the podcast pod degora <laughs> pod gora D- pod we would have got way more hits oh that is a good one that's a good one <laughs> this movie's something else but hey everyone welcome back to podzilla oh good to see you good again to, good to have you here have you good to have you listening to, good to us. Have you in the metaphysical vicinity yeah yeah we'll go with that one <laughs> time bit of time displacement <laughs> and everything but... in, in two weeks time yeah yeah <laughs> you're listening to us thank you for listening to us i hope you've all had a good couple weeks since our last episode yeah, Josh, mothra yeah. versus godzilla what a what a flick what have you done in the meantime? What have I done in the last yeah. two weeks? I have worked. Oh. I have procrastinated on handing in my Maguma report. <laughs> Dude, I've been waiting for this. You haven't done anything yet. It's coming. But yeah, I've been putting that off and I've been working. Yeah, yeah. Classic. What have you been doing? I bought a car. You did. You bought I bought a car on a whim. I saw a Facebook post and within like four hours I bought the car. Is that how it happened? Yeah. <laughs> i haven't even but seen risky. this car yet i, I gotta see... check it out I need after to, uh, it's parked right outside i got okay. it okay give me the tour <laughs> it doesn't have an aux cable so i'm collecting cds now i have one cd yeah what is it it is the soundtrack for the xbox one exclusive lords of the fallen <laughs> you've got that it's what? like it's like a real why do you have that <laughs> my dad got a limited edition when he bought his xbox one Regardless to say, I'm driving around the neighborhood now with like real gloomy music. <laughs> Fantasy soundtrack. That is good stuff. I think I've got the X-Files soundtrack in my car, <laughs> which similarly doesn't have an aux cable. Needless to say, all the citizens around our town know when we're coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tagora is what we just watched. 1964. A Shiro Honda. Who else? Oh, Amen. I'm still, I'm still kind of crazy that we've been on such an Ashiro binge, like they haven't introduced a new director since. I think the only two were, we had someone else for Three Treasures and someone else for the Raids again. Yeah, I think those two were the new ones. Yeah, so it's interesting that he's just been pretty much for a decade straight. Just pumping out kaiju out one by one. But it's, it's good. That's good. And this one was a little bit different to the others. Yeah. What happened? All right, Jaysha, get your hot cup of cocoa ready. I prefer my Japanese coarse tea. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry, I need some Japanese coarse tea myself. (laughs) On the fringes of Earth's atmosphere, a missing TV satellite comes into contact with an unidentified cellular being, blasting it with immense amounts of radiation and turning it into a protoplasmic life form. While multiple simultaneous diamond robberies all over the world are being hijacked by the extraterrestrial life form that's taken the diamonds for itself, Detective Komai of the police force follows the suspected American thief Mark Jackson to the home of Dr. Munakata, a crystallographer. Is that, wait, he's called a crystallographer. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Not a geologist. No, no, a crystallographer. A crystallographer. Okay, alright. Disarming and escaping the detective, Mark Jackson steals Dr. Munakata's diamonds, Though is shortly stopped by some of the local jewel thieves, who blame him for their failed diamond robberies and end up taking the diamonds from him. The next morning, Dr. Munekata reveals to Detective Komai that the diamonds that were stolen were in fact false, artificial ones he'd been studying. Resolving to continue the investigation, Komai brings Dr. Munekata and the doctor's assistant, Masayo Kirino, to help, still believing that Mark Jackson is working with the other thieves as part of an international crime gang. As the gang finds out the diamonds are fake, Mark Jackson escapes using his expert martial arts skills, while the trio led by Komai watches as the coal from a local coal plant is attacked and sucked up into the sky by a cloudy, glowing force. Komai is able to track Mark Jackson down and confront him at his hotel, where he once again escapes, this time to try and stop the diamond robbers from robbing a truck and transporting raw, uncut diamonds. Jackson successfully breaks up the heist, though not before the gang steals the diamonds and sends a hijacked coal truck down the road in his direction, which is lifted off into the air by the same force as before, consuming its load of coal. The thieves retreat back to their headquarters and discover the uncut diamonds are once again fake, this time being swapped out for sugar cubes. Meeting up with a detective and his entourage, Mark Jackson reveals himself to be a diamond G-man, a worker for the World Diamond Insurance Association, who has been going after the thieves himself. Well to tell me <laughs> there's a World Diamond Insurance organization where people yeah keep up, Jason, keep up. <laughs> okay. Still confused about the strange, otherworldly occurrences. It is revealed by an associate of theirs from the Space Exploration Committee that the monster, which they called Dagora, is a radioactive group of space cells targeting the diamonds and coal for their carbon content, which it needs to survive. Komai figures out that the reason Dagora only attacked one of the transport vehicles is because the diamonds that one of them were carrying were fakes, and suspects Mark Jackson for stealing the real diamonds for himself, even more so when he leaves discreetly, skipping town in the middle of the night. Shortly after the local defense force mistakes a swarm of wasps on a radar for Degora, Degora itself appears, its cells converging into a giant squid-like form in the sky. The defense force launches an attack which makes quick work of the squid, but it causes it to trigger a fission reaction, splitting into hundreds of smaller jellyfish-like forms in the sky. Dr. Munakata figures out that the toxin from the wasp swarm was able to weaken Degora, and works with scientists around the world to mass produce the chemical doxin. Okay, well, last time, but (laughs) somehow they've got the idea that wasp venom is gonna defeat an alien. (laughs) This is like M. Night Shyamalan's signs, but instead of water, it's wasps is very more specific. (laughs) Sorry, go on. (laughs) (laughs) After meeting up and getting captured by the gang, Jackson and Komai are tied up near dynamite while the gang escapes with the presumed diamonds, though are able to escape using Jackson's gun to shoot off their handcuffs. The smaller forms of Dagora attack once more, though using the new wasp toxin against it, the defense force causes the smaller Dagora to turn into giant multicolored rocks, which plummet to the ground, uh, coincidentally crushing the members of the gang. But not before there's an intense shootout between them, Jackson, and Komai. After defeating Dagora, the gang goes their separate ways. With Mark Jackson revealing that there never were any diamonds, it was all just a trap to lure out and catch the diamond thieves. Mark Jackson, eh? Mark Jackson. What a guy, the Diamond G-Man. With his karate skills, his love of Japanese cuisine. (laughs) What a dude. His love of hats, he's always wearing a different hat. His love of taking his shoes off and leaving them places. (laughs) So people are like, wait. Is someone standing there? No, it's just Mark's shoes. He's actually on the other side of the room. (laughs) Yeah, he's an interesting character. Uh, I'll start us off by saying that Mark Jackson, played by Robert Dunham, is the first American actor we've seen in any of these movies that isn't, one, brought in from an Americanization, or two, doesn't speak solely English. Yeah, because we've had a few show up. Like I think in a couple of the space ones, it has been like... Mm a random american space team but you're right they just speak english the whole time yeah but this character actually speaks japanese fluently and he like meshes real well into the into the film it's pretty good eh? he's cool he he looks like who plays who plays the unbreakable dude bruce willis he looks like bruce willis he looks like a young bruce (laughs) willis he's kind of like a young (laughs) he's got the same kind of balding happening it's yeah mark jackson I loved as well that whenever, like, he was speaking Japanese, but then went to introduce himself. with like, speaking real fluent Japanese that sounds like someone who knows Japanese real well yeah. is talking. He'd be like, wa Mark Jackson. <laughs> he just switches back to, like, the most American pronunciation of his name. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that that was pretty much the plot Michael went through there. It's about aliens or an alien life form. Yeah, trying to take all of Earth's carbon in the forms of diamonds and coal before it grows into this huge squid-like, squid-like jellyfish it. green crazy kaiju. Yeah, it's a really cool story because I'd I'd say this story is probably the most original that we've had so far. Yeah, I kind of called it last time as well when I was like, man, I hope this is a heist movie after reading this. Did synopsis. you say that? Yeah. oh you did you were you were on you were totally on point yeah it's it starts off and it's these jewel thieves trying to break into a safe and steal diamonds Mm -hmm. and it's this whole kind of cat and mouse game between the thieves the police with komai there and then mark jackson as this kind of like lone agent doing his own thing you don't really know which side he's on yeah and it was it was cool just with the back and forth and the amount of groups. we've had movies before that we've covered here when there's just so many groups at different times. Yeah. And so many people that get sidelined. Whereas this, they each got a time to shine. There was the odd character that probably shouldn't have been there. There was a few returning <laughs> actors. One returning actor in particular. I don't know what his name is. But he's been in a solid stretch of these last few ones that we've watched. So Hiroshi Koizumi. Hiroshi Koizumi. He, he was like the third wheel in Mothra versus Godzilla. Yeah. We thought he was going to come in for the third wheel in this movie. But it became like the fourth fifth wheel. <laughs> he just like shows up. He's the big he's obviously the big name, especially in the franchise. And he's pretty much turned into what Akihiko Harata and a couple of the older actors yeah, used in the to original be. Movies. They're not showing up anymore, but this guy's showing up in every film, yeah. which is funny to see. I gotta say as well, just when this thing started and that first kind of heist happened with the first safe. Mm-hmm. We find out that the Dagora have this weird ability to make things levitate or to pull things up into the air. Yeah, so it's this weird mixture of, you're right, causing things to levitate. Mm. Uh, Also, just using this radiation powers to melt through metal, like for the safe wall to get to the diamonds. Yeah. There were a couple of really cool sequences. Oh, dude. When we're seeing them just randomly pick up people. Mm. And we see characters surprised that a random person is just floating through the street yeah and i gotta say we've seen in our tenure of this franchise a tenure of 10 years a tenure of the toho kaiju franchise we've seen some bad green screen blue yeah. screen special I, effects in this area i guess coming in from the 1950s yeah they wouldn't they haven't perfected it by any means This might be the best use of that kind of special effects that we've seen yet. I think so. It's flawless. I I don't know if those levitating scenes, especially near the start with the human characters, were CGI. It Could have been wires? I I think think it was wires. Yeah. But I was thinking, even if it is wires, it is some of the best subtle wire work I've seen. Yeah. Like, I'd expect a movie nowadays to have that kind of quality of wire work or special effects. It looked awesome. But also disregarding that, there are also so many sequences that use... Uh, green screen, CGI for Dagora. Yeah. That hold up so, so well. Yeah. And, and speaking of Dagora, I mean, it's sucking all this coal into the air for most of the movie to grow itself and to consume the carbon. And what they must have done when it was sucking all this stuff up was actually reverse the footage. Yeah, I believe they started pouring down uh, Shard's pellets or something of coal. Yeah. Um, but also, like, they must have poured in some like industrial type huge objects along with it yeah because you see while this coal is being sucked up also you see trucks you see parts of infrastructure yeah and it just looks really good because they would have poured it out and then reversed it to show it sucking up into dagora that stuff looked pretty cool as well like really really good special effects work in this movie even just dagora yeah looked crazy so give give us a bit about dagora himself because he's like this squid jellyfish like monster yeah, and it's it's got a couple of stages. So the first stage of Dagora is this bluish amoeba like blob mm-hmm. that we see floating in space and then we see it breaking into the yeah. safe in the back. <laughs> quite quite small, almost like a basketball size, I guess. Yeah. But multiple characters end up seeing it as they're doing this heist and being like, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it must be like a cat or a dog. It's this real small, fuzzy. <laughs> I laughed creature. at that because they saw this floating blue blob, and they're like, "Ah, oh, dude, it must be it a dog." It was just a cat. It was just a cat. What? Here you go, you solve the mystery. In which world <laughs> do they throw away what they saw as being a cat or a dog? <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, it's kind of, it's just blob. It's just this weird floating blob that can turn invisible. do do these different stages have different names by the way not that i know of okay no this is just kind of its first stage then after it consumes more and more carbon it's this colossal green squid jellyfish thing which has long thin tentacles um you'll see it in our podcast art for this one that shimea did for us that come out of the clouds and also underneath it or I guess not underneath it, but it's kind of like a squid. You know how squids have the elongated body and yeah. they have a mouth? If you imagine like an octopus or a squid, underneath that has the little beak. Yeah, so this had a, a mouth of some sort, which is where it absorbed everything into. Mm. And that's where it sucks everything up. And then when it is struck by the missiles that you talked about, it undergoes cell division and splits into little smaller blob yeah. jellyfishes Lots that are them. almost transparent. They're not green anymore. And then finally, when the wasp venom does its trick, they start to drop from the sky and they crystallize into multicolored rocks. So yeah. of various sizes as well. We see some real small ones, and we see some huge ones that can yeah. squash the whole gang of diamond <laughs> yeah. thieves. I kind of want to, kind of want to eat the rocks. What? I don't know. They look like hard candy. <laughs> they did look like nerds or something. <laughs> yeah, giant nerds, or, or like those um those. Pebbles that you put at the bottom of fish tanks? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what they look like. Yeah. Oh, they um, taste like nerds for sure as well. Something else with the Gora, because when we first saw it, you were like, man, that looks great. That must be a real creature. Yeah, and its squid phase, I I still I if you told me that it was practical and like a uh, made costume or whatever, I don't know if I'd believe you. Yeah, so it, it it is practical. I mean it's portrayed. I don't believe you. You don't believe it? Really? <laughs> the Gora was portrayed when it was in that jellyfish like form by using soft vinyl it's a soft vinyl prop vinyl okay that was placed in a large tank of water and then they manipulated it using fishing lines to pull up the different legs and its body because yeah i knew for sure that it would have to be underwater yeah you can tell and it looks real cool because it's 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 all cloudy so it looks like it's swimming amongst the clouds But yeah, it also did... It must have been with the fishing wires because it moves so many of its tentacles independently. Yeah. Real life But you're right. Like, I'm surprised of how fluid and realistic it looked mm. for something just on strings, like almost a puppet, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there are scenes where there are animators who hand-animate some of the tentacles. Yeah, that pulling was cool, up. too. Uh, there's one standard one where the tentacles, all hand-animated, pull up a huge bridge and lift it up into the sky mm. and drop it back down. It looks great. Like, Dagora is one of the, the coolest looking monsters in Kaiju so far. Simply because it looks that real. Yeah. And it's just different. And it's cool. Like a huge... Yeah, it's cool. It's jellyfish yeah. squid thing that swims through the clouds. Like, that's crazy. It's a great idea for a Kaiju. Sticking with that underwater theme as well, the, the actual noises, and I can't don't know if you can call it a roar, but the sounds that this thing made were created by using an underwater respiratory pickup microphone i don't know what that's used for don't know (laughs) yeah it's just an underwater special microphone that picks up yeah like noise as you would hear it above water yeah yeah, yeah. But, but, but chuck in the noise here so to get that Underwater microphone, up close next to clams. Clams. So you get that bubbling sound of clowns. Clowns? (laughs) The bubbling sound of clowns. The underwater clowns. (laughs) (laughs) Toho's getting real inventive for their kaiju noises. You get the bubbling (laughs) sounds. Honking of a nose. (laughs) The bubbling sounds of clams. I guess breathing. Do clams clams breathe? I can't say clam. Clams. I think they're like release air they they release gas yeah yeah do they i think it's like it's It's, not it's not farting but it's like the equivalent is it yeah because they release gas out of their mouths to propel themselves around oh that's right Uh, is dagora is it like burping i guess (laughs) so we're listening (laughs) to clams burping and (laughs) farting and releasing gas and that's that's right that's dagora sound wow (laughs) <laughs> but all in all i love dagora i was a bit let down that it only had that like one moment in the middle of the film when he is in this form squid form because that's yeah. what dagora is known for isn't yeah isn't it and, and it looked awesome but they only got five minutes five minutes if that it is a bit repetitive just because it's pulling up a bunch of stuff yeah. and sucking in the coal it gets defeated quite quickly as well by the missiles yeah that's right and after that stage it's never Everybody treats it like it's a huge danger still, but it's never really a threat. To be honest, it never does anything. I guess it destroys that bridge. Uh, Well, some of the characters, and I think the Doctor says in the middle of the movie as well, that since it's growing, uh, once it consumes enough coal and diamonds, it'll move on to other carbon forms, Mm. which includes us humans. Yeah, but we don't have heaps of carbon in us, right? No, so it would take a while, like, it will get to everything else on the planet before it starts yeah. taking humans. But the funny thing as well is, why didn't they just try and communicate with Dagora? Why didn't they just pick up a whole lot of coal, <laughs> chuck it in a big old... SOS Yeah, be like, this is our tribute to you, Dagora. Take the coal and leave our planet. This is what all of the empires and past Toho movies have done. What do you mean? Where a kaiju ends up coming and they start worshipping it <laughs> you're gonna create a new moth right here this can be earth's like we get oh, gosh, imagine, on our that. Side. imagine if earth had its own like protector kaiju imagine it's not like they get a giant dinosaur at one point but no no no, no, no. it doesn't happen uh dagora does go on to appear a couple more times so that's why we watched this oh really yeah so i totally forgot <laughs> i thought this was just a good old kaiju movie guess where dagora appears is it the 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 crossover one that's coming up soon? What? No, 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 no. It's not on Destroyer Monsters. Destroyer Monsters, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Think of where a lot of these monsters are popping up in the future. Is it the next jadora one? No, no. No, you're thinking too... You're thinking about things that make sense. <laughs> oh, no. What's a crazy random out there thing a lot of these <laughs> monsters are showing up in? Wait, are you talking about like the the new anime on Netflix? You're right. Wait, <laughs> I was getting at Godzilla Island, the puppeted oh. show. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I thought you meant the um, what's the new one called? Singular Point? No, not Singular Point. But it the <laughs> appears in Godzilla Island, and we've, we've established it as like almost a kids show with yeah, puppets in the past. Pretty much. Right, are we gonna watch it? I want to. Even if it's just like one episode. A smattering of... Yeah, let's do that. Let's pick up like the Matango episode and the the Degora episode and a little little of the weird ones. Uh, But it doesn't show up in the anime show. It shows up in one of the anime movies. So there's an anime trilogy on Netflix. The first one being called Godzilla Planet of the Monsters. And Degora makes an appearance. I thought you were going to say Planet of the Apes for a second (laughs) there. Godzilla Planet of the Apes. (laughs) What a crossover That's that a would be! Apes versus no, it's a giant. A, so, Planet of the Monsters is that kind of a crossover movie as well with a bunch of these different characters. Not that I know of. I think it's just uh, reintroducing Godzilla and mm. this for this animated trilogy. And for some reason, Ghora is there, and I, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, seeing I think we'll find that out. And then, yeah, as well as Godzilla Island, Planet of the Monsters, uh, Ghora shows up in various video games, comics, and even novels. So, is a definite part of this universe, even though it hasn't really shown up in heaps of the mainstream stuff. Mm. I mean, the animated movie's pretty mainstream, so... I, I, I didn't even know there were Netflix Godzilla movies. Did you know Or tri- a trilogy, at least. Yeah. But I feel like, since there is, it should be a bit more mainstream. Probably. Yeah. So, I am looking forward to that. Going back to the actual movie, I really loved the scene. <laughs> when they're, they're our main, like, heroes. or oh, We got Komai, Mark Jackson, the crystallologist <laughs> the, the crystallographer <laughs> the crystallographer yeah <laughs> the crystal um, assistant yeah, yeah we got like our main heroes they start figuring out kind of what dagora is at one point and you're like wow dagora must be taking all the carbon mm. this is why it's been attacking the coal dagora must be this life form that lives and grows off this stuff yeah what is the chances of right when they're talking about that dagora attacks them flies in through the window <laughs> and tries to get into their safe to steal the diamonds oh my they're talking gosh about it the right. next second it's there does dagora is is dagora like secretly just watching and <laughs> de, flying de- about the city <laughs> dagora is deus ex machina incarnate <laughs> <laughs> There's some stupid scenes like that in this Mm. movie when things just happened. The characters are like walking past that coal plant at one point and right as they're doing attacks. Yeah. So this, I gotta say it was a fun movie. It was a different movie. It was very stupid. And (laughs) the script had a lot of issues as well. Real simplistic. Yeah. So I do think that the story is great. The script is pretty bad. Yeah, like there are only one or two moments where it's done well, but for majority of it, like you said, it's very basic. It almost feels like an AI writ it. <laughs> yeah, A bit. I like can see there that. there are scenes where the the dialogue that the characters are saying is just like so simple. It only talks about the obvious things. Like, why is Dagora doing this? It must be because it is doing this. Well, it also has the carbon from this. Hey, you look over there. It's my brother who works here and is doing this with Dagora. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's not like it's similar and like an ai wrote it to copy godzilla movies it's just like an ai like this is just like a it's got real basic movie tropes tropes tropes, yeah like just think of a real basic like conversation between two people that's what it is <laughs> that's what it's in it so yeah it was a little weird in that there, there is a few moments where there, there is quite a good rapport between characters yeah um komai and mark jackson <laughs> i get thrown off just because it's such a basic english name They thought of the most american yeah what a weird steve martin we've had a few they always just go for them. yeah um, but those two they kind of play off quite well at the start because he has this like quite professional like real competent Detective cop, yeah, kind of going after this lone ranger dude who you don't know what side he's on. And I'd hoped there was a bit more of that rapport between them where they're kind of almost standoffish for most of it, yeah. And you think it is, but they start calling each other friends sarcastically near the start, but then they just become friends halfway through the movie, yeah. You get them like real sarcastically talking to each other, they've obviously got different ideals one of them is real by the law the other guy's just one of them is chasing after yeah them. one of them you know one of them is trained in judo one's trained in karate <laughs> yeah the karate scenes with mark jackson oh my god something else every single situation he gets in his his hands are up <laughs> he's ready for action <laughs> yeah I, wish, I love how he is ready like any scene he puts up his hands <laughs> so good. classic karate pose but you're right, I wish there was a bit, uh, just better relationships in better general. Relationships. There was a couple of characters I really enjoyed. There was uh, a lady that was in the group of diamond thieves. Mm. She almost acts like Mark as well, where she's kind of a double crosser. So you don't know exactly where she stands. Yeah, uh, midway through the movie, she finds Mark, tracks him down, and is like, Hey, if you want me to, I can I can be a double agent for you, and mm. I can help you get the diamonds instead of my crew. And then at the end, she double crosses her own group to try and just take the diamonds herself. And mm. it was quite a, a, again, a little cliche, but yeah. I, I appreciate it. The character, this is a real weird scene when she, when she does first meet Mark Jackson and she sits down next to him. and She's like, Mark Jackson, don't you want to hold my hand? And hold he, my hand. And he grabs it and she just like slaps it away (laughs) i don't know why as well and then she starts talking about like diamonds and teaming up it's just so funny there was a few things like that yeah i i had a real good time watching this it was it's different unique funny but it's cliche at the same time i don't know i I, enjoyed it it, it's it's a movie you'd almost put on the television while gosh television i sound so old put it on the television put it on the tv (laughs) Uh, while like having dinner or something but i don't mean that in necessarily a bad way yeah like it's very easy watching you don't need to pay attention most of the time yeah but like there there's always something interesting that can be seen mm. if you look up at any point very much reminded me just of like the pacing of old saturday sunday morning shows where you up watching like the macgyvers the yeah. night riders just the way that the plot progressed and the different scenes and things that happen, the different shootouts, yeah, the different right, interactions, right. it felt very much like the pacing of a TV show in that like, like at any point you could kind of walk out for a minute, come back, and you wouldn't really miss too yeah. much. Yeah. And it's always keeping you engaged. Yeah. Um, while it's being kind of stupid at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like you said, there's that there's a scene where Mark Mark Jackson comes and joins the doctor kind of just to talk over with him about the diamonds and he's, he, uh, they serve him some tea and he's like, oh yes, this is classic. What is it called? Oh yes, the classic Japanese coarse tea. Yeah, he's like, speaking Japanese, oh yes, classic Japanese coarse tea. And then he says something else. Oh, thank you for these Japanese soybeans. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love such a good, rich flavorful taste. It's like he's making fun. I don't know. It's It seems like he's just a real annoying fan of Japanese yeah. culture. He, he's what we Gen Zers would call a weeaboo. Yeah. Someone who's yeah. overly obsessed with Japanese culture. It almost sounds... to the point of ridicule. Funny you say that, but it's exactly what he is. Yeah. Even just <laughs> karate as well. I don't know. I don't know. We haven't got karate in any of these movies or any martial arts. <laughs> the one time it pops up, it's a white dude doing it. It's real funny. I, I do like it. Oh, well you'll be happy to hear as i no does mark Jaco- does mark jackson come back unfortunately not but oh. but <laughs> i got into a bit of the trivia so there was originally plans to feature robert dunham in a series of films with him <gasps> playing the mark jackson character oh but however those those never came into fruition sadly oh, i would have loved that imagine that it, it totally could Jackson. have been like a macgyver versus kaiju <laughs> series i know <laughs> it would have been pretty cool a different random kaiju him it's, maybe he wasn't actually part of the diamond insurance agency yeah, He just maybe he's like a like james bond type character yeah, alias type different persona every mission but never ended up happening unfortunately man and just a little bit about the uh, actual creation of this movie. So, in 1962, when Gorath was completed. Yes. Good movie. With your favorite kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Toho, after that, commissioned the writer of that film, Jojiro Okami. So, he wrote, Jojiro wrote Gorath, and he also wrote Battle in Outer Space. Okay. And they wanted him to just create another original alien invasion kaiju movie yeah because the the i guess the main theme between all those three movies is they're more sci-fi movies yeah the natural kaiju yeah totally and he wrote exactly that a a sci-fi movie with invisible alien creatures destroying spaceships and space stations Mm. and nothing really came into fruition nothing happened from that script Until a couple of years later, they went back to his story proposal, which was called Space Mons. I'm not sure if that was short for like Space Monsters or something. It's like um, Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, it it would have been Space Monsters. (laughs) Yeah, I reckon. Uh, But they went back and they changed the story up and adapted it into Dagora. Giving it the monster a name, Hmm. making the monster visible and changing it more into Earth-centric instead of space. Yeah, I I guess having invisible kaiju wouldn't really be the most visually appealing that wouldn't yeah. entice people to come see it because we saw bits of that bits of the invisible dagora at the start of this movie and it looked cool kind of invisible but yeah it's definitely yeah, yeah. it was definitely worthwhile i think making those changes to give us the huge yeah. crazy looking a more complete monster yeah so uh, interesting uh, man i would have loved a mark jackson trilogy of i'm so thinking ovaries. about that dude imagine that imagine that is pretty much everything on Dagora, mm. ladies and gents. Good movie. The more I think about it, the more I realize how much I kind of liked it. Didn't break a whole lot of new ground, but was very different to what we've seen before. And yes. worthwhile watching, I reckon. It sits, sits alongside, definitely had the feels of Gorath and mm. those other space movies. I mean, same same writer. But... I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, th- I think this one's one of the better executed sci-fi ones we've seen so yeah, far. Yeah, definitely. What would, you, what would you rate this movie, Jason? Well, I I don't know. I am... I mean, it was stupid. <laughs> it was some stupid stuff, stupid scripts, stupid characters, but I really, really enjoyed this. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm going to give it three and a half. Three and a half? Out of five cups of japanese coarse tea <laughs> let's go what do you reckon is that i think three and a half i mean i enjoyed this it's one that i would go back to and watch again i probably enjoyed it same amount as i enjoyed Mothra versus godzilla and a lot of the other ones we've watched recently mm. i just think it was cool idea done really well i think so as well i think i echo a lot of your thoughts on it i think like as a whole this movie is such a cool idea such a good idea for a story, which is sadly let down by the scriptwriters. Mm. Uh, like, there isn't too much in the way of character development here. Yeah, not at all. Mm. In, in the same breath, I guess, it doesn't really need that. Mm. It is definitely a movie that you can put on the side while you're doing something else and still, like watch these really cool scenes happen and while I'm not paying too much attention and i can't say that about a lot of the movies with bad scripts in the past yeah those ones it's kind of like delve the whole way through this one is quite good mm. that being said oh, dude i don't know like this one's so hard because it's it's a good balance of just like mediocrity but also really cool elements with the story and especially it's like a high crime movie with a kaiju it's, yeah I know. I know. This one's hard for me. I I'll sit somewhere between two and a half, three cups of Japanese coarse tea. Okay. Should I do the the three quarters? You're doing two point seven five <laughs> cups of Japanese coarse tea. <laughs> Wrecking if I've only given once before to Godzilla Rays again. <laughs> I complain so much about the five star rating system, especially when you have like halves of stars. And you make it more complicated. That I, I hate it because there's just too much options. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> I constantly add more. I don't understand it. Let us know what you guys thought of Dagora if you checked it out. Uh, worth tracking down if you can. Yeah, even, even if it's just to see the kaiju itself. Yeah, or we'll look up images of Dagora. We'll be sharing them on our on our. Yeah. But it's one of the coolest looking kaiju I've seen. Yeah. If not the coolest I've seen so far here. Yeah. 100%. Uh, As I said before, our next movie is Jadora the Three-Headed Monster. The last of Toho's big four monsters. Yeah. Jadora's another one of those ones which even showing up in the recent movies, it's one of those mainstays, one of those figureheads of the Godzilla Mm. franchise. We've got all four of the big four of Toho. Toho's kaiju lineup in this. I'm looking forward to we got Godzilla. Wait, all four of them show up. we got up. Rodan's second appearance. I guess both Rodans died in Rodan. Well, but we'll see what happens. that new them. Rodan. Mothra Lave's showing up in this. Which we don't know what's up with that now because there's was was two, two of them. Who knows? And we got Chidora. The synopsis for this is A meteor lands in Kurobi Valley and Detective Shindo is assigned to protect Princess Salno from assassination. The princess emerges under the guise of a prophetess and catches the attention of journalist Naoko and Mothra's fairies, predicting a powerful space monster's arrival. The infant Mothra, singular. Oh. The infant Mothra must convince Godzilla and Rodan to set aside their hatred of humanity or face the monster alone. Let's go, we have like different alignment monsters. What in the world is this synopsis on about, about princesses and prophetesses? This sounds insane. <laughs> I'm all for it. Oh man, I am I I'm definitely looking forward to this. I've never seen this. Jadora the three-headed monster. Yeah. It's going to be good. I think that's everything, guys. Uh, lastly, we have just been changing up our Discord a little bit. Yeah, so we have used it as the past. Uh, me and Jay She used to stream a bit and have... Some different project we've worked on independently. Um, we're kind of using it more so now for mainly Podzilla. Yeah. But also just as a place where we talk and share about our other hobbies, any other uh, interests we have. I know we have like a good film and TV section which you'll be like fully into on there. Mm. You're starting up like you're going to get more into our gaming section and do some D&D stuff? Yeah, maybe. So that should be real cool. And we'd love for you guys to just share your projects and podcasts and videos or whatever you're doing yeah. as well would love to see it but so e- even if it's not to talk about podzilla yeah even just getting to know us and us being able to get to know you it's going to be a real real cool place yeah it'll be awesome so the link for that is in our show notes and jump in would love to have you there thank you so much as well just off the back of that everyone who's been leaving us reviews oh let's go all across the place spotify apple we've had some reviews on Facebook, thanks so much for doing that guys. really puts a pep in my step. (laughs) puts a pep in Micah's step. Ah, that was a good movie. Yeah. I might actually like this coming week, chuck it on on the side while I'm doing some stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay. Easy watching. Like it's cool, I can look over and not get too distracted from my... Oh, I... Okay, it's three stars, Jaisha. Three stars. Sorry, sorry. Three Japanese course tea. Okay. Make sure you get a cold tea while you're rewatching the movie too. That's right. Get and, some beans. And last thing, Jasha. Yeah. Do you want to hold my hand? <laughs> Come on. Do you want to hold my hand? I don't want to hold your hand. Come on, do it. I, Mark Jackson, do not want to hold your hand. <laughs> That's been Podzilla with your hosts Jasha and Micah Drake. Follow along on our socials at Pods of the Pod and jump to our Discord via the link in the show notes. Huge thank you to Cassie Celine, who did our podcast art, and our very own sister, Shimea Drake, who does our episode thumbnails. Let's go. And just a disclaimer, that any musical sound effects used in this episode belong entirely to the Toho company. See you guys next episode.